When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hey there, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host. I'm also the author of the book, How to Be a Better Person. This week on the podcast, I'm taking a look at health and wellness and trying to help you and me and everyone navigate this super important topic that can also be, for lack of a better term, crazy making. I'm inspired to take on this topic because it's something that's important to me and that I know a decent amount about. I covered health for magazines for several years in the early 2000s. And for the last several years now, I have been writing books with doctors and other healthcare providers working as a ghostwriter. Part of this week of episodes is just me trying to digest everything I've learned. And part of it is also reflecting on what wellness means in this moment in time where the pandemic has had an impact on all aspects of health, including mental health, in such a big way. And so much has changed in our understanding, even beyond the pandemic. I'm going to do these episodes, except for my interview, which I'm doing on Wednesday, in kind of a one-person debate style. I'm going to start by illuminating something that's problematic about health and wellness, and then look at the other side of the issue, and then leave you with a takeaway that I hope will help you think more clearly about it all. And the first issue I'm taking aim at is the fact that when it comes to health advice, it is confusing as hell. There's a new take every week. Eat whole wheat bread instead of white bread. No, don't eat any bread because bread has gluten and too many carbs. Brown rice is the healthy choice. No, brown rice has carbs and lectins. Stick with white rice. Except no, none of that matters because rice is contaminated with arsenic and carbs are bad for you anyway. So eat cauliflower rice or quinoa. But don't forget to soak your quinoa. Oh goodness, it's enough to make you want to soak your head. When I work with a doctor on their book, I get immersed in their point of view and their program. I learn so much. I follow their programs. I learn things that work for me and things that don't work for me. And it changes my life. But sometimes it also makes my head spin. Even on things that different doctors agree on, such as salmon is a great source of protein because it's high in omega-3s. The doctors I've worked with contradict each other. Some say you should only ever eat wild-caught salmon, while others say farmed salmon is fine so long as it's raised clean. But then another doctor will say that you can't trust most of the certification labels on foods because they're greenwashing. It's enough to make you feel like there is no one right choice, which is an elemental truth that is hard to accept. So if there's no one right choice, what's the point? Let's just eat mac and cheese and call it a day, right? When it comes to our health, we want certainty 
and right answers, which is what gets us to gobble up the latest nutritional advice. But the more you read, the more you can feel unsure. This is a problem because it can leave you demoralized when clearly you have a desire to know that you're taking good care of your health because you're seeking that content out in the first place. It can feel like a broken promise. I've got some counterpoints to consider about the confusingness of it all right after this break. Welcome back. Okay. So trying to determine what to do in order to be healthy is as full of as many twists and turns as a plate of spaghetti. Why is that? Well, first, you have to acknowledge that our understanding of how the things you eat and the activities you do either add to or take away from health is continuously evolving. Remember in the 70s when eggs and bacon were the number one no-no foods? Then we were all scared of sugar. Then it was fat that everyone was avoiding. Remember Snackwell, low-fat cookies? Then Atkins came and put low-carb on the mat. Then gluten became enemy number one. Then it was paleo was all the rage. And then it was keto. And then it was intermittent fasting. Health advice is continually changing because our knowledge is continually growing. This is how the scientific process works. You test a hypothesis. You draw some conclusions, and then you develop new hypotheses and draw new conclusions. The human body is an exquisitely complex machine, and we may never truly understand exactly how it works, nor how it interacts with our continually changing world and environment and lives. That means that you have to accept that there is no one right answer to the question of, how do I take care of my health? Also, magazines and websites and even books are sold because they proclaim certainty. Very few authors will say, my understanding is still evolving. Although some do, and I'm interviewing one of those on Wednesday, so come back or keep listening for that one. It's up to you and me to go into any health education knowing, really, that there is no 100% certainty. Plus, we're all individuals. You have circumstances and factors that are unique to you. So while advice that's geared toward the public can be a useful guideline, it can't 100% apply to you because you aren't the same as everyone else in the public. The takeaway is my best advice for wading through all the health advice out there to find eating strategies and health practices that work for you is this. And that is to remember that there are some practices that are non-negotiables for you. The things that you do that you know help you be well. For me, for example, those non-negotiables are avoiding gluten. I've not been tested for celiac, but whenever I eat it, my digestion gets very angry. Walking every day, which is why I got a dog. I'm a writer. I sit a lot and I need things that will drag me out of the house, quite literally. I know I need to do strength training and yoga or else I experience back pain and impaired sleep. And I know I need to be mindful about carbs. Otherwise, I put on weight in my belly that I know comes with a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. And since I am a parent and have kids, I really want to be around for as long as possible. Beyond those things that you already know, there are probably a lot of other little things you can do that would boost your overall wellness. Maybe it's increasing your water intake or committing to taking vitamin D and omega-3 supplements or snacking more on nuts and seeds and less on chips. 
or eating more greens and fresh herbs, or drinking less alcohol, or getting in the habit of going to the farmer's market so that you eat more seasonally, or starting a garden. For those types of things, the things that you're not doing, but that you kind of have a pretty good idea would be good for you, you can experiment with them one or at most two at a time and try to commit to doing them just for a few months before you try adding anything else. Adding things at what appears to be a slow rate still adds up to a lot of good change over time. It's important to layer things on so that you can incorporate each change and it doesn't just automatically slough off when you take your eye off it. Taking things one or two at a time also prevents the confusion and overwhelm that comes from trying to keep up with all the latest programs. So, that means examine and acknowledge the things you know are good for your health that you're already doing. Give yourself some credit for those. And then pick one refinement, or at most two, to practice for a season. Maybe this thing comes from a book that you've read, or an article, or something you talked about with a friend, or that your doctor or other practitioner is advising. You know, you do want to be continuing your education, but you're not out to learn everything there is. You're kind of looking for the next thing that's going to help take you to the next level of wellness. Then, when early spring comes around, which is about three months from now, you can try something else. Unless, of course, you've gotten a diagnosis and you need to make some more sweeping changes, in which case I wholly advise you to get some support to help you cut through all the noise. Work with a nutritionist or get a friend or partner to commit to doing it with you and helping you figure out what's right and helping you talk out how things are having an impact on you and whether they feel like they're good for your particular body. So what's your health improvement thing that you're going to focus on for the next few months? Think about what's been calling to you. Maybe something you used to do that you know worked for you. Or something that's related to something you've been experiencing. Like if your low back has been bothering you, you might commit to stretching for 10 minutes in the mornings or before bed. Remember, you're not committing for the rest of your life because that's a lot to take on and you might not even get started. Just go for a three-month commitment. And by the end of that time, chances are good that you'll have incorporated it into just what you do. And you won't lose it if you change your focus to folding in something else. I hope you'll come back tomorrow when I'm talking about another problem with wellness. And that is that it's shaming. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, K-A-T-E-H-A-N. Or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 